I will encourage you when you're considering taking on a client to really think about all the possible situations that they need to have addressed or dealt with to run their business. Think about the things that you're willing to offer to do and the things that you might be willing to offer to show them. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to talk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. Today, I want to talk about what you do in your business. Not so much what you do, but what do you do for clients? I was on a call with one of my bookkeeping mentees earlier today, and we were talking about the services she provides for her clients. We were specifically talking about receipt management. She asked me what I do for receipt management. Do I put it in HubDoc and sync it up to QuickBooks? Do I let clients know when they've not sent over their receipts? Basically, what do I do? This led into a broader conversation where we talked about what services we offer to our bookkeeping clients. I thought this might be a good topic to go over here. When I think about bookkeeping services, there really isn't a standard. There's not one menu item that says bookkeeping service must include X, Y, and Z. I think about food a lot. And so I like to think of bookkeeping service as being like a buffet. The buffet of bookkeeping options can include things like accounts payable and accounts receivable. But even that, there's going to be sub options. So if you are doing accounts payable, are you just tracking the accounts payable, but the client's paying them? Or are you queuing them up in a software such as bill.com or routable so the client will pay them? When we talk about accounts receivable, are you creating the invoice and sending it to your client's client? Or are you just keeping track and letting your client know like, hey, so-and-so over here hasn't paid their bill yet? There's the stuff we typically think about, such as coding the bank feeds and reconciling the accounts, double checking the general ledger just to make sure everything is in the right buckets. There are other things such as processing payroll. Processing payroll comes with its own list of challenges. Years ago, before I started my first bookkeeping business, I was working in a CPA office where we provided bookkeeping services to small businesses. One of the business was a small retail shop. There was three or four employees. Every time payroll was due, I'd have to call and email and repeatedly beg and plead for someone to get me all the time cards for the people who worked there. I really can't understand how people don't want to turn in their time cards or why it's a challenge. It wasn't even a case where the client had to calculate anything. They didn't have to calculate sales commission or PTO. As far as I remember, and this has been 12, 13 years ago now, it was just how many hours did your team work? And then I put it into a program similar to Gusto. There were absolutely times where I'd run the payroll for the employees I had, and then I'd have to run a different payroll later for the employees that were slow. I kind of hated this because I always felt like I couldn't plan my day. And then I felt awkward because I didn't know when I should run the payroll and when I should wait. And if I waited five more minutes, would that be enough time to get the time cards from the people? So not fun, but doable. The other really challenging client that I had where I'd run payroll for them was a large restaurant with two or 300 employees. Because it was a restaurant, they had tips that got spread around the team. What would happen is the office admin or the office team would put together an Excel sheet and let me know how many hours everyone worked, if any of those hours were overtime, 
what the tip calculations were and send it to me. I would then send it off to the payroll company. I feel like it was one of those cases where I would upload it. The human at the payroll company would enter it into the back end of the system, send over a draft payroll for me to review, and then have to compare the draft against the Excel file I got in the first place to make sure everybody's tips were correct so that everybody got paid what they were supposed to get paid. I feel like nowadays this wouldn't be an issue and there would be a much better system for uploading and providing the payroll. Looking back, what I remember all these years later is how incredibly time consuming this was and what a huge hassle it was. I would get the draft payroll and often it wouldn't match what I had sent over. So then I would need to go through each employee and identify what was incorrect, send over revisions to the payroll company and ask them to correct it. This in itself isn't so bad. What the problem is or where the problem was at the time was the timing of it all. We were running this so close to payday that when I had to review to make these corrections, I would be at the office until late. And when I say late, I mean sometimes past midnight. I'm very much a morning person. I am the kind of person who is starting to look for bed around eight and I'm starting to go to bed around nine. So to be obligated to work on payroll stuff past midnight because I want to make sure everyone gets paid and get paid what they're supposed to, that really put a sour taste in my mouth. Fast forward to now, I'm self-employed, I'm no longer working for someone else, and I get to choose what I do and don't do. I think about my experience of running the payroll. I think about my experience of asking people repeatedly to please send me their time cards. I think about the experience of needing to stay up late and make sure the payroll is correct. I think to myself, I'm not doing this. Not only am I not doing that, the other thing that I'm not doing is putting someone else's payroll schedule on my calendar and thinking about that when I'm thinking about my own personal vacation planning. When I talk to new bookkeepers about the services that they do and don't offer, I'm not describing the things that they know. A bookkeeper knows, get hours, enter them into the system, click the submit button. I'm talking to them about the situations that I've encountered that I wouldn't want to encounter again, not because I'm trying to talk them out of it, but rather because I want to give them the wisdom of my experience. The conversation that we were having really centered around receipts. I will encourage you when you're considering taking on a client to really think about all the possible situations that they need to have addressed or dealt with to run their business. After you've thought about that, think about the things that you're willing to offer to do and the things that you might be willing to offer to show them. In my case, I will 100% show somebody how to use a payroll program, mostly so that I can weasel out of managing their payroll. I will, of course, make sure the payroll entries are correct in QuickBooks. I just don't want to be the person in charge of the time cards and making sure that people's paychecks are the correct number. As my conversation with the bookkeeper progressed, we were talking about receipts and the different levels of receipt management she could do with her client. And I had suggested that perhaps she might consider having a small, medium and large package. Maybe the small package is that she tells her client that they need to save their receipts, but she's not going to be in charge of it. Maybe in the medium package, she sets up a HubDoc account and she encourages them to use it and she looks at the coding and makes sure it goes into the right file folders, but she doesn't necessarily sync it up to QuickBooks. Then in the large package, she'll do all the things that I've described, sync it to QuickBooks and notify the client if there are any missing receipts. The bookkeeper liked this idea a lot, and I think it's great. I think if you're considering offering packages, there should be slightly more differentiation than just what is happening with the receipts. But I do think it's a good idea or could be a good idea 
depending on you and the services that you want to offer your clients. I try to always give the wisdom of what somebody could consider and not come across and say, well, this is what you must do. So I talked to her about the packages and said, you can definitely consider this. She sat with it for a minute. She liked the idea. And then I said, this is great. I'm going to stop your screen share. I'm going to start my own screen share. And I want to show you what I do within my own firm. What I showed her was that I'm using Anchor. I wasn't so interested in showing her that it specifically is Anchor because other software does this as well. What I wanted her to see was how I set up the packages or the services that I offer. What I do is I have a basic service. It includes the things that I will typically offer my clients. Anything I need to customize, I just have that text in red to remind me to customize it. After I've identified the base package that the person needs to buy, the after the fact bookkeeping that includes X, Y, and Z, I have below that a series of add-on options. I provide my clients with a proposal that has the basic services that I'm offering them, the things that they can't say no to, or if if they say no, they say no to everything. And then on top of that, I offer some add-ons. The way that it's set up an anchor is you have services. So you make your service, whatever you want to call it. I always prefix mine with optional add-on followed by the words. So it may be optional add-on, Zoom meeting, optional add-on, 1099 processing, branded email management, accounts receivable, accounts payable. You get the idea. If you're not using Anchor, you can look up how to do this with the software that you are using. But if you're using Anchor, what I do is I go and add all the services that I want. And then any of the services that I have described in their header as optional, I will click on show advanced settings. And then I will select the box that says mark this service as optional. What this is going to mean is when the client looks at their proposal, the client will see that the kind of meat and potatoes of the proposal, and then they'll see the optional add-ons. The optional add-ons can be set up to be one-time fees, or they can be recurring fees that happen each month. These are add-ons that the client can either toggle on or toggle off, depending on how you've set it up. While I like the idea of having a small, medium, and large package, what I find that I prefer for myself is to have one primary service that I'm offering, and then optional add-ons people can select. I want to give people the freedom of choice to choose what they buy from me. I'm recording this in December. Black Friday just passed. I went Black Friday shopping by myself, mostly because I moved to Canada and my Black Friday shopping partner moved to the UK. While I was out shopping, I treated myself to McDonald's. I really rarely eat McDonald's. It just isn't part of my routine. It's not on my way to anywhere I go. So I'm at the McDonald's and what I really want is a McGriddle and I want a hash brown and that's all I want. I really wanted to order just those two things, but the guy behind the counter really wanted me to make it a meal. So I made it a meal and I got the chocolate milk. It's shelf stable. I can stick it in my fridge. I can drink it later. I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but it's been more than two weeks. It's still in my fridge. I still haven't drank it. I'm kind of thinking at some point I'm going to need to throw it out. I don't think it's gone bad because it's been two weeks. I think that I'm just never inspired to drink chocolate milk in the way that I wish that I was or in the way that I think that I will be. I don't mind my McDonald's experience. I'm not sad about it. I'm not mad about it. That McGriddle is worth all the frustration that I experience going through the ordering process. But what I do want to say is that when I'm setting up this stuff for my business, I'm thinking about it with a couple of things in mind. What services do I want to offer to clients? 
What services does Megan want to provide to clients? I'm never going to ask her to do something she doesn't want to do. And then I'm going to think about if I was the client, how would I want this experience to go? Because I'm thinking about my McDonald's experience and the fact that I very much want to pick and choose the things I want. I've decided not to offer packages, small, medium, and large. I'm going to offer a base. Here are the fundamental bookkeeping services we're going to provide for you. And then here are the add-ons that you can choose to select if you want. This podcast episode is inspired by one conversation out of the three conversations that I've had this week. Three conversations with people where they have said, I am new to being self-employed and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Not so much in terms of accounting, but like, how am I supposed to run my business? Or how am I supposed to pick my services that I offer to my clients? What I think I'm going to do is just record a series of podcast episodes where I take each of these conversations, tweak them slightly to keep them confidential, but walk through the essence of our conversations. How do you identify the things that you want to do? How do you think about the things that you might not have thought about? How do you price things such as this? What I want to do is explore these topics. I think it's important to hear from the experienced people but also to think about the freelancer and have the freelancer in mind. The person who hasn't been to a bunch of conferences. I think it's important to speak to the freelancer who is wondering, what are they going to do? What do they want to do? What can they do? I think it's important to reassure people that it's okay to be a freelancer. I think it's incredibly popular to talk about how you're going to grow and have a team and you're going to do these magical things. And maybe that's true. Or maybe you stay as a freelancer and you just, you set up a business that works for your lifestyle that you love. For me, I have the experience of owning and operating two businesses. Looking at my own situation, I have the experience that this is the second bookkeeping business I've started. I started the first one a handful of years ago. I sold it less years ago. My experience and perspective comes from being a freelancer working at a CPA office that provided only bookkeeping services, starting a business that I thought I was going to build up to some sort of magical enterprise. I realized that wasn't my jam and I sold it. And then starting what I have now, which is General Frock. When I provide you my experiences and my insight, my goal is to provide you information about what I've done, what I've seen, what I've seen other people try, and just help you get your creative juices flowing and help you think about what's going to be right for you. My day job, if you want to call it that, is to create content and provide one-on-one -on -one training for people. The reason I mention this is just to point out that you're not going to do what I do and I'm not going to do what you do. And it's okay if you listen to my ideas and you think that's great, but it's not for me. My intention has never been to tell you there's this one prescribed way to do this. My intention is just to help you think about different options that are available to you. I hope this episode has been helpful. If you're curious how people structure their proposals, whether it's like I do with a main and then a bunch of add-ons, or if it's setting up packages A, B, and C, feel free to drop into the Facebook group and start a conversation. Ask people what they're doing and if they've always done it. Ask them what they would do differently if they were starting over. You can find us on Facebook at General Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad Community Group. At the time of this recording, there's just under 100 people in the group. So it's small enough to be helpful, but large enough that you're going to hear from more than just me. If you're curious about me, my team, or the business General Frog, you can find us at GeneralFrog.com. 
We offer QuickBooks training one-on-one with me, self-paced courses, outsource bookkeeping, and the occasional bad accounting joke. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great day. Thank you.